we'd like to welcome you to our current event and weekly Bible study for May 14th, 2017. And the first part of the study today is going to be kind of a, <clears throat> a Bible study uh, regarding bearing fruit as a Christian. And kind of a question I've gotten a lot over the years. And I'm just going to read, you know, some of the scriptures. And a lot of this is just pretty much self-explanatory. So let's go ahead and dive right in. And then the second part is going to be, we're going to be doing a lot today on the coming microchips, the mark of the beast, uh, all the ways they're trying to sneak implantable and injectable microchips into things. I mean, it's very, very eye-opening. <clears throat> Okay, so in Luke 13, verse 6, um, we start here, and it says, He spake also this parable, being, being Jesus, A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and found none. Then he said unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit of this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down, why cumbereth it in the ground? Meaning, why is it even in the ground? It's producing no fruit. And he answered and said unto them, <clears throat> Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. Meaning, they're going to dig dig about it, meaning they're going to aerate, aerate the soil around the fig tree. And they're going to put, like, I don't know, horse dung or cow dung around the tree to give it fertilizer. To try to give it another chance to bear fruit. Okay. And then it says that if it bear fruit well... Well, and if not, then thou shalt cut it down. <clears throat> so then we go to verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When one heareth the word of God... Okay, so... so We're kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here, but basically, we as Christians need to try to be bearing fruit. Okay? Um, a Christian that's not bearing any fruit is not a good thing. That group of scriptures I just read was a parable from Jesus himself, basically not so subtly hinting that we need to be trying to bear fruit as a Christian, okay? And and that he's long-suffering, and then he gives a lot of chances, and, the, and that, you know, this went on for years with this fig tree, Um. And that he can, he'll try a lot of different things, but it is something that we need to, to strive to be doing, is bearing is bury fruit. Now, I'm not saying that's what saves you, okay? I'm not saying, but like, okay, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance. Okay, that's one way to bear fruit. There's a lot of different ways you can bear fruit, okay? And I'm not saying you're earning your way to heaven. You're saved by grace through faith and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Okay, so I'm not... We need to always make sure we're separating the two. But good works uh, will follow. Fruit will follow a saved Christian once they're saved. It's just a natural byproduct of things. Now, does that mean you're going to walk around in sinless perfection? And you're never going to sin and you're going to what? No, but we, we should um, strive to be holy, though. So let's just go further. Uh, verse 18, Matthew 13, verse 18. So we're going to go to Matthew now. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. <clears throat> when one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received seed by the wayside. Um, 
so that's somebody that well actually we're going to define that in a second here so i'll just i'll just keep reading here but he that received the seed in a stony place is, is the same that he that heareth the word and anon with joy receive it yet he hath no root in himself but dureth meaning he endureth for a while for when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word because basically you're saying okay i'm a christian but now all of a sudden the persecution comes because you know like the bible says if the world hates you you know think it think it not to be some big crazy whatever because the reality is a lot of places in the world if you're a christian that's a death sentence okay in america if that's where you're at no we haven't even gotten anywhere near to that point yet okay but in a lot of places and throughout antiquity and throughout you look at what the apostles went through it cost them their lives you look at fox's book of martyrs i mean you look at all the atrocities the catholic church did during the inquisitions 50 million 100 million people it's hard to get an accurate body count and a lot of those were true born-again christians they literally died for their faith because they would not um reject jesus christ they would not recant jesus christ they would not you know he was their lord and savior and they were willing to die for it so yeah it, it, right now if you're like in a certain place in america or whatever it may not you know you, that may be hard to relate to but who knows what the future may hold and we know that we're moving into the end times and we know the persecution that the bible talks about in the tribute book um well the book of revelation and these types of things we know there's going to be a great falling away uh, we know there's going to be a strong delusion, according to Second Thessalonians chapter two. Uh, so, you know, a lot of that is is on the horizon. Obviously, I mean, you just look at the the book of Revelation. So, let's go further here. Um, I'll start with the verse twenty one again. Yet he had the root root in himself, but dureth for a while, meaning endureth. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended so that's something that we don't want to ever we don't want to be offended because of what we had to endure for the word of god because when you get offended when you get in that offensive like man i'm offended by it. i can't believe god did this to me i can't believe that i'm having to go through all this because of i'm a christian or because of the word of god you don't want to get into that mindset because that is the opposite of being thankful and you go to romans 1 and you start seeing the progression of things that happen when you stop being thankful in Romans 1, like halfway through the chapter. It's a bad progression. <laughs> it can lead to a lot of bad places. In Romans 1, it's, by, it's basically the worst place it can lead in that particular instance. So if you're not sure what I'm talking about, just go read Romans 1, particularly the second half. Okay, so... And then the next verse, 22. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. So you can have those that they receive the word with all joy or whatever, but the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word out it, it, it's like it becomes you be, and then you become unfruitful you're not bearing fruit anymore because you're worrying so much about oh i, I want to do this or i want to get this or this or whatever you know 
But he that received the seed in the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it and also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some an hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Now, I, I view this literally. I think you're going to have Christians out there that are literally thirty-fold Christians. In other words, the seed sown in their heart and they're going to bear fruit. They're, they're, look at them like a crop. Okay? And some Christians are going to bear thirty-fold of what that seed was originally. Some are going to bear 60-fold, and some are going to bear 100-fold. So not everybody is going to be going around as Christians bearing the same amount of fruit as the next Christian. We're not cookie-cutter. We're the body of Christ. The body has all different parts. We shouldn't look down one part or the other. The Bible talks a lot about that. Can the finger say to the eye, depart of me and have no need of you? I'm more important than you. No, 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 no. You never want to get into that mindset either. And so, going forward, then if we go to Luke 13, 23, it says, Then said unto them, Lord, are there few be that that are saved? And he said unto them, and this is Jesus, saying, Strive. And that word strive means to contend, fight, or struggle, to enter in at the straight gate. And the straight also means narrow. For I say unto you, I say unto you, I say to you, we'll seek to enter in and not be able to. When once the master of the house has risen up and has shut to the door, and ye begin to stand without and do knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall say unto you, I know not whence ye are. Now, I do believe in this particular case, this is somebody that was never saved at all. He doesn't know you. Like there's other Bible verses, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. He never knew you ever. You were never saved. But you thought you were, but you weren't. Okay? Um, And then you shall begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence. Thou hast taught us in our streets. But, But he shall say, I tell you, I know not whence ye are. Depart from me, all ye workers of iniquity. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth when she when you shall see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. And they shall come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south, and shall sit down in the kingdom of God. And behold, there are there are last which shall be first, and there are first which shall be last. So a lot of the people nowadays, they always think, well, uh, I would imagine in five hundred one C three churches, oh, my pastor's going to be like such an elevated status in heaven and i'm going to be let's say the pastor saved okay and i'm going to be this little it might not be that way you might get to heaven and because you have lived a humble life and because you haven't sought self-glory or aggrandizement or you've done things truly for the lord you've done you've given in such a way where you didn't try to draw attention to yourself let not your right hand know what your left hand's doing there's all these criteria you could go through in the bible and <laughs> you might find that person has, you know, a way higher status in heaven than their, let's say, their pastor, who maybe his heart wasn't pure. And maybe he was doing it to be seen. And, of course, he would never admit that. Maybe he wasn't even admitting it to himself. And maybe at the judgment seat of Christ, his works were burned up because of that. And we're going to get to that a little bit later about the judgment seat of Christ. Now, that's not the great white throne judgment for the unsaved. The judgment seat of Christ is for the saved. Okay, so um, 
let's go forward here. Okay, in the next verse, Luke 20, or actually Luke 21, 34. And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. Surfeiting is the giddiness and headache caused by drinking wine to excess. Okay, so just so you know, excess eating and drinking, loading or filling to disgust, gluttony. So like partying, getting drunk, having a hangover, that's what surfeiting basically means. It's in drinking wine to excess. That that's what the the it embodies. Okay, so Jesus says, take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now that's one of those verses that I've, I've talked a lot about too, which he, Jesus Christ says, to watch um that's what i'm trying as a watchman to do for my listeners i'm trying to kind of watch now granted obviously i can't do all the watching for you but hopefully i can be a something as a source that you can look to to hopefully keep you abreast of the current events and things of that nature that are coming upon the earth um but then it says and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that show now that does this isn't a salvation issue really but do you want to be accounted worthy to escape all the things that are coming to they're going to come to pass on this earth because we know <laughs> i mean we know we're potentially moving into some really dark times here when that hammer is going to fall i can't say i can't guarantee you that we i'm it's it's an absolute miracle it hasn't fallen this ministry has been here since about 2006 i didn't think we were going to make it out of 2010 much less to 2017. I don't know. I just think God's been very, very merciful and extended a lot of grace, at least to the Christian, at least to the people in America and then elsewhere where persecution has to come. Now, you could say, well, what about the Christians in North Korea? What about the Christians in China? They are suffering. They are dying. Well, I, yeah, I know. It's horrible. And we should be praying for them. And all the people suffering, like Christians in the Middle East, under the under islam oh my word i mean it's like hell on earth for them so there are a lot of places on earth that that's an absolute everyday reality and they may lose their lives so um it's why it's important to pray for the body of christ so let's go forward and then it says the next for or second corinthians 13 5 says examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith prove your own selves the bible says if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So a really dangerous position to be in is like, you're out there and you're thinking, I'm Mr. Super Christian or Mrs. Super Christian and I'm, I'm all right with God. You never, ever want to go there in your head, ever. Because once you go there, that's pride. And pride blinds you. Pride was essentially the first sin in the Bible. What do you mean? Well, when Lucifer fell, which I believe was probably the first sin ever committed, okay, and it, because let's face it, he took a third of the angels after he fell. I don't see a sin before that ever. I mean, you know, but it was because of his pride. The Bible says it was because of his beauty he was lifted up and because of his merchandise. So he was rich, 
and he was he was like this beautiful angelic creature highest probably the highest angelic creature that god had ever created angelic i'm not saying jesus i'm not i'm not putting him on on, on the same status as father god and jesus but i'm saying he was most likely the highest angelic creation ever created so yeah pride welled up in him and then all i will ascend into the sides of the north i will be like the most high he wanted to usurp god's position so pride is always one of the biggest enemies um, that will blind you and you won't even realize you're full of pride because proud people don't even realize it whereas a murderer or a thief or those type they know they're a murderer or they're a thief okay uh prideful people don't know that they think they're okay with god they think they're they're doing pretty good i'm better than that guy well that's not your standard it's not what we judge ourselves by it's it's by the word of god so um okay so examine yourselves whether you be in the faith prove your own selves know ye not your own selves how that jesus christ is in you except you be reprobates um now reprobate is defined as um I'm, I'm looking at the definitions here unfit unproved reprobate spurious that which does not prove itself as it ought um rejected cast away okay these are other biblical uses in the bible okay so just to kind of define that word more mark 13 12 and 13 now the brother shall betray the brother unto death, and the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my, for my name's sake, but he that endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Okay, so enduring unto the end, I really believe it's more evidence that you're saved. It's not what saves you so much, because... Our faith is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our faith is in his shed blood, his resurrection, his death and burial, his, you know, his shed blood on the cross. But enduring unto the end is basically evidence of that. Okay? So I'm always trying to stay away from works-based salvation. Because some people could read some of these verses and say, yeah, well, I've got to do this in order to be saved. Well, it's more evidence that you're saved. Okay? Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ is the only way we can attain salvation. Now, if you don't know what that is, go to my homepage at contendingfortruth.com, click on the True Salvation tab, and I do a teaching on that. I do a teaching on then things after salvation, like um, baptism, um, bearing the cross of Christ, overcoming, all these other things afterward. Okay, so now let's go to the second part of the teaching, which is what is the key to bearing fruit as a Christian? Answer, in the natural world, fruit is the result of a healthy plant producing what, was designed, what it was designed to produce. Okay, the, the, the fruit and the animals and the trees and all that, they shall bring forth after their own kind. Okay, like a peach tree produces peaches, an apple tree produces apples. In the Bible, the word fruit is often used to describe a person's outward action that result from the condition of the heart. Good fruit is that which is produced by the Holy Spirit. So even the good fruit we produce is from the Holy Spirit that lives inside you as a born-again Christian. Galatians 5.22 gives us a starting place. Galatians 5.22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, goodness, faith, temperance, or meekness, temperance, against, 
against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit, capital S. Okay, so we're supposed to crucify the flesh, meaning we don't just give in to the flesh and do whatever we, we want to do. I'm not saying that means you're walking around in sinless perfection, but, you know, <laughs> you've got people that are totally, I mean, man, especially today's day and age, there are so many people that are so given over to the flesh, you know, and that in, 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 in today's day and age, that encompasses things that weren't around 100 years ago, you know, like all of the ways of, of I guess, entertainment that didn't exist 100 years ago, or all of the different ways you could get high, I guess, nowadays, like with all the prescription meds and all the different drugs and all these different things. So there's a lot of different ways that, that things that exist now that did not exist 100 years ago. In other words, there's a lot more temptations now. So going forward, the more we allow the Holy Spirit to, Holy Spirit free reign in our lives, the more this fruit is evident. Jesus told his followers in John 15, 16, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring fruit and that fruit should remain. So that is our, our goal as a Christian to go forth and bring fruit, but fruit that remains, okay? Meaning it's lasting. That whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So righteous fruit has an eternal benefit. Jesus told us clearly what we must do to bear good fruit. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. Now this, these verses are super important here. Um, Jesus is saying, how do we bear good fruit? So he tells us, the only way to do it is if you abide in Jesus. A branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. So this is the, the here's the only way you're going to actually produce fruit that would be like given a reward at the judgment seat of Christ. Because if you're doing it of your own power, like the Catholics think they're doing it, or like the other pseudo-dead religions out there, the other 501c3 pseudo-dead religions out there. Now, I'm not saying everybody in all of those religions are unsaved. I'm not saying that. But a lot of them are taught, okay, salvation is attained through works. The Catholics, you keep the seven sacraments, you do this, you do that, you do, you're earning your way to heaven, you're earning your reward. Okay? All of that would be an abomination in God's sight. Okay, because all our righteousness are as filthy rags and we are all together as an unclean thing if we do it under our own power. But if we do it through the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, lives, lives inside us as a born-again Christian, and you want to always acknowledge God in all your ways, and then he will direct your paths, okay, according to Proverbs. If you're doing it that way, that is fruit that will and can abide and remain and fruit that you will actually be rewarded for at the judgment seat of Christ. That's the only way it's going to happen, though. you got to do it through the Holy Spirit. So, abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except it abide in me. I am the vine, and ye are the branches. So Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches that come off the vine. 
Okay, so that's our, if you think about it, branches that are connected to the vine, if the branch is unconnected from the vine, then the branch dies. Okay. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same forth bringeth, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, now this is going back to that parable of the fig tree. Okay, if a, man, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. That's not good. That is, that is not good. That does not sound good to me. So it's very, very, very important to be abiding in Jesus. Okay, if ye abide in me, and here's the key, and my words abide in you. That's how we actually abide in Jesus. One of the main ways. I, the main way. Because he says, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, meaning the, the Bible, the King James Bible in the English speaking language, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto, uh, done unto you. So in other words, this also has an implication of getting our prayers answered. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. So it is really super important that we are reading or listening to the Word of God on some type of frequent basis, hopefully every day, because that is the main way that we abide in Jesus. And he said it, I didn't. A branch must stay firmly attached to the trunk to stay alive. As the disciples of Christ, we must firmly stay connected to him to remain spiritually productive. A branch draws strength, nourishment, nourishment protection, and energy from the vine, if it is broken off, it quickly dies and becomes unfruitful. When we neglect our spiritual life by ignoring the word of God, skimp on prayer, and withhold areas of our lives from the, from the scrutiny of the Holy Spirit, we are like a branch broken off from the vine. Our lives become fruitless. We need daily surrender, daily communication, and daily, sometimes hourly repentance and connection to the Holy Spirit in order to, quote, walk in the Spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Now, Listen, I, I'm not saying this because I think I'm Mr. Perfect or whatever, or because I think I've attained all this stuff. I'm saying this as much to myself as I would anyone else. This is hard preaching, basically. But this is what you really don't get in your standard 501c3 type churches. Um, because this would drive people away. But it's all in the Bible. I mean, you know, it's all what Jesus said. Staying intimate intimately connected to the true vine jesus christ is the only way to bear fruit in old age according to psalm 92 14 uh to run and not grow weary according to isaiah 40 31 and to not grow weary in well-doing according to galatians 6 9 <clears throat> one one counterfeit to bearing good fruit is pretense we can become experts at the routines, the lingo, the acting like a Christian while experiencing no real power and bearing no eternal fruit. I mean, that's, I mean, a good example of that would be like a really hardcore Catholic who's doing, going through all the motions, okay, but they're not bearing any real fruit because they're not doing it through the Holy Spirit. They're not even saved. They're earning their way. They think they are, okay. But remember, it's not of good works, lest any man should boast. You're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But works will follow salvation. Um, 
so our hearts will, will remain self-centered, angry, and joyless even while we go through the motions of serving God. We can easily slip into the role of the Pharisees in judging ourselves by how we think we appear to others and neglecting the secret place of the heart where all good fruit germinates. Germinates means to grow. When we love, desire, pursue, and fear the same things that the rest of the world does, we are not abiding in Christ. Even though our lives may be filled with church-related activity, and often we don't realize that we are living fruitless lives. Um, 1 John 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So that's something we don't want to mess around with. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So this is, this is as hard to do today as ever, to love not the world, because the world's getting more enticing and, you know, I, I mean, granted, I, certain parts of the earth it's not, you know, but in America... Yeah, there's more gadgets, there's more whatever lust of the world can, can develop by the day. I mean, all of the way this is that technology is exploding and expanding. And that's one of the main reasons people are going to take the mark of the beast. Freely and beg for it. Because it's going to look like the next greatest thing since sliced bread. It's going to solve all these problems. It's going to do this and that. And, and you know, it's just going to totally 100% final nail in the coffin basically damn you to hell that's that's what it's going to end up doing according to what the bible says you never take the mark of the beast ever because there's no going back from that okay and then um in the last part here is our works will be tested by fire so you get saved you pass on okay you go to the judgment seat of christ uh first corinthians 3 11 for, for other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, or stubble. So they're contrasting gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Even every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work what sort it is. Okay, and this is at the judgment seat of Christ. Okay. Our works will be laid out at the judgment seat of Christ in the form of either gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble. I know that's kind of hard to comprehend. I can't comprehend it, but that's what it says here. And that fire is going to try your works to be what sort they are. If any man's work abide, which he built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, well, let's think about that. What could be burned out of what I just mentioned? Well, would, would the fire do any real damage to gold silver or precious stones no it would actually purify the gold and the silver i don't know what it would do to the precious stones but they would abide whereas wood hair stubble would all be burned up there'd be nothing left just ashes okay so if any man's work abide after it's tried by fire okay he shall receive a reward if any man's work shall be burned he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved yet so as by fire so it's not the obviously you don't want to go to heaven 
well, I mean, yeah, you want to go to heaven, but you don't, this is like the least favorable way to get into heaven, to actually stand before God and have your works tried. And there's all wood, hay, and stubble. Now, honestly, I would think this would be somebody that would, of, they were saved, but they were, a, a lot of their works were motivated by, okay, I'm going to be seen, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be, you know what I mean? They, they had this hidden ulterior motive that maybe they weren't even admitting to. But see, God knows your heart, so that's why they were burned up at the judgment seat of Christ. So God is the judge of even our thoughts and our motivations. All will be brought to the light when we stand before him, according to Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. As fruit is unique to each tree, our fruit is unique to us. That's interesting. God knows what he has entrusted to each of us and what he expects from us to do with it. According to Luke 12, 48, our responsibility before God is to be faithful with little so that he can trust us with much. Matthew 25, 21. And I'm going to go ahead and stop this for, I'm only like 32 minutes, but I'm going to go ahead and stop this because I think this should be more of a, like a little dedicated part. And then I'm going to go on with the current events next in part two. So God bless you and we will see you in part um, two. Scott Johnson's 1,000-plus audio teachings and PDF documents are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H.com. In addition, we also offer a free Christian current event and health email newsletter. You can sign up at contendingfortruth.com. These email newsletters typically only generate about three to six emails per month if you subscribe to both lists. Please prayerfully help us to continue this work. For mail correspondence or to support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2359 Highway 70 Southeast, number 321, Hickory, NC 28602. Or on the internet, a PayPal donation link can be found at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.